Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Numbers, and I won't be but a few minutes. You've heard that before. If you can just stand, I meant to whisper that to you and not make that such a public announcement. <laughs> The book of Numbers, chapter 7, and verse number 88. If you feel like you just can't do it, you can be, feel free to move. The book of Numbers, if you don't trust me, you feel free to move. <laughs> the book of Numbers, chapter 7, and verses 88 and 89. The Bible says, And all the oxen for the sacrifice of the peace offerings were twenty and four bullocks, the rams 60, the he goats 60, the lambs of the first year 60. This was the dedication of the altar after that it was anointed. And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubims. And he spake unto him. Now, I... Uh, I'm directing your attention here to these two particular verses. These are verses that I have visited before, I've preached from before, taught from before. I've considered them a number of times, but I just feel like today to speak about this one more time. And I'm going to ask the Lord to touch our heart and our minds together. And let's just pray and let the word of the Lord speak to us today. Amen. I believe the Lord can do a quick work here today. So let's ask God to do that. I love you today, and I'm asking you, Lord, to let the anointing of your spirit and your presence touch our minds. Your word is anointed. I'm simply asking you to anoint the vessel today, not because I'm worthy or deserving, but I just need your help to God, dear God, to stand beside me and anoint my mind and my heart for the next few moments. Let your presence touch our lives together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I, uh, I have visited this passage of Scripture many times because I find, it, I find it intriguing personally. That Moses was the man at the center of the story, or is the man at the center of the story. And um, when I see this, storyline sort of unfold, unveil itself a little bit. Moses was just going through the routine of, of doing what Moses did. This was not an unusual thing. This was not an extraordinary thing. Very much in the routine of the day of Moses, or at least in the life of Moses. And uh, it was in this particular realm of just doing what we do. You know, sometimes we are um, we're very excited about moments in our lives. We get a chance to go on vacation or uh, get a chance to make a special trip or do something 
extraordinary. And those are wonderful things. But in the full scheme of things, we spend very little of our lives doing things like that. And a whole lot of our lives in what we may call routine. Just routine things. Um, if your home is like our home, it is, there's probably a measure of truth to what I'm about to say, that there's a lot of routine there. You may get up about the same time every day, and you may go to bed about the same time every day. And there, there may be a lot of common threads that just run through the course of our life. And it's in that mundane, routine things that, that we just kind of get lost, whether fears was, and I were talking this morning before church, and it just is amazing not to sound uh, as though we're trying to drive something in the ground here, but it just is mind-boggling to me that we're in the month of October. It just staggers me that we are standing almost to see the year's end in, in sight. And when we look back over, uh, we look back over the course of this year and all of our lives, maybe we have done some extraordinary things here or there, a few days or a trip here or there, but most of it has been spent very, very routinely, just doing what we do, whatever that may be in your life in particular. But from verse 88, we can see that uh, as we open this text and, and dive in from verse 88, we see that the altar has already been constructed. The animals have already been prepared for the sacrifice. Everything was in order, and the order of the day was for Moses to go into the presence of the Lord and to speak to the Lord. Amen. But I, I, I'm just captivated by what happens in this particular setting. While Moses went to speak with the Lord, the Lord spoke to him. Amen. He didn't see an image. He didn't hear, he didn't, there was no apparent angelic visitation, but just that voice. No doubt Moses was standing in the very presence of God Almighty. And it was in this fashion that, that God chose to manifest himself to mankind during this particular dispensation because we were not yet filled with the Spirit. It would, it would not be until John 1.14, as John records it, until the fullness of time came in which the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It would not be until then that man would know the power of that same God working within among the many things in the tabernacle, we find one of the most important things, and that would certainly be the mercy seat. And we consider that mercy seat for just a moment. It was here that, that God spoke to Moses. It, were, it was here as though Moses had a face-to-face -face somewhat encounter with the Lord. The place is called the oracle or the speaking place. The mercy seat, I believe, that speaking place. I think it's very, very important for us to understand that in prayer and in an altar, that that ought to be a place that is called an oracle. It ought to be a place not just where we go and discharge our needs or not just a place where we just go and give God the laundry list of all that, uh, of our woes, but it should be a place where we can actually go and let the Spirit of the Lord impress something into our heart. I know it has been said so often, not only by myself, but by so many others, that we are living in one of the most noisy generations, amen, where there is something going on all the time. There is a real 
It is a real struggle at times just to find quietness, quiet times. And if you are like me, if you have those moments of quiet, you have to push back the laundry list of things that you ought to be doing because when you get quiet long enough, you can think of all the things that you should be doing. Amen. And so in that place of sitting, the the mercy seat represents the power and the presence of the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 1, that God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Amen. So God moved and has always been speaking. Amen. He, and he chose at different times, different ways, different measures to speak to God. And I'm thankful today that God still speaks. Amen. I'm thankful that he is that that the Lord still speaks. I'm I'm looking at an audience of people, and I believe in this audience of people there are more uh, than than uh, the majority of those that are sitting here have had the Lord impress something in your heart. I'm not talking about perhaps an audible voice or some sort of visitation, but there is just an impression in your spirit. I've had the Lord speak to me at times and it was so encouraging because the words were directive, the words were instructional, the words were full of hope. I've also had the Lord speak to me by way of warning and it just sent cold chills down my spine just trying to grasp and and wrestle with the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for the fact that we can come to this house. I'm thankful for our times of corporate worship. I'm thankful for the times that we can all be together. But we don't have to be in this house together for the Lord to speak to us. Amen. Moses went to talk to the Lord and the Lord spoke to him. I believe that we need to prepare ourselves to hear the word of the Lord. I've said so many times and especially lately that I've felt it underlined in my heart that we certainly don't need to just think about church a few minutes before church or a few hours before church. But I believe that we ought to leave here today praying about if it is God's will to be here Wednesday night, we ought to be praying, amen. We ought to be praying for the spirit of the Lord to move in our midst, amen. And and so let the power and the presence of God know that we are preparing, we're preparing our heart and our minds. More than once, our minds have drifted in the course of this service since 10 a.m. this morning. More than one time, we've had to pull ourselves and try Try to reconnect to what's going on in this world. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. If God has a word for me, it may be in a song. It may not be in the message. It it may be somewhere. The Lord may have a, a word that someone gives you that they don't even know they were the carrier. They don't even know that they were the, the courier service that God used to deliver that word to us. Along with our text, I want you to consider what happens in the very next chapter. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 8 and verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and say unto him, I want you to just listen to this. Amen. Say unto him, When thou lightest the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. Now this doesn't seem to be a profound word from the Lord, but if we consider the crux of what Moses is saying to Aaron, he is saying, if you will light the lamp, there will be light. If you will light the lamp, there will be light. 
I pray that we don't just come to church hoping that somebody else is going to build the fire, hoping somebody else is going to pray the prayer, hoping somebody else is going to do the worshiping or somebody else is going to do the praying, somebody else is going to lift their voice in praise. But the Lord said, if you will light the candle, then there will be light. I want to be prepared to hear the word of the Lord and hear the voice of God and hear directives from heaven. Amen. I don't want to come in and complain because there's no light if I've done nothing myself to light the fire or light the candle. And I'm not just talking about because it's 10 o'clock, but I want to be early on my knees on Sunday morning praying, God, help us today to light a fire so that there will be light in this house. I believe the message to us today is that when we come into the house of the Lord, we must take individual responsibility to to make sure that we light the lamp. I don't want to try to get under somebody else's spout, somebody else's blessing, whether it's Sunday or whether it's Wednesday. There's never a time that we come together that we don't need the light of the power of God's word and his truth to shine as bright as possible because our success is not going to be found in the order of our program. Our success is only going to be found in the power of the Lord. I really believe in dedicating things back to God. I really believe in that. We dedicate our children back to the Lord. We dedicate our cars, our homes, uh, whatever we have, the blessings of the Lord. I want to give them back to the Lord. I want to say, Lord, thank you for this. But I, I want to I give this, I want to commit it. I want to dedicate it to you. Amen. Listen carefully to the words of the Lord when he spoke to Moses concerning Moses was dedicating the tabernacle to him. In the book of Numbers chapter 8, verse number 5, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them. And thus shalt thou do unto them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purifying upon them. And let them shave all their flesh. And let them wash their clothes. And, and so make themselves clean. I want to look at that scripture again. If you'll go back to verse number 7 again. Amen. He said, thus shalt thou do to them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water purifying upon them and let them shave their flesh. Let them wash their clothes and make themselves clean and let them take young bullocks with his meat offering, even fine flour mingled with oil and another young bullock shall thou take for a sin offering and thou shalt bring the Levites before the tabernacle of the congregation and shall gather the whole assembly of the children of Israel together and thou shalt bring the Levites before the Lord and the children of Israel shall put their hand upon the Levites and Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord for an offering of the children of Israel that they may execute the service of the Lord and the Levites shall lay their hands upon the heads of the bullocks and thou shalt offer the one for a sin offering the other for a burnt offering unto the Lord to make atonement for the Levites and thou shalt set the Levites before Aaron and before the sons and offer them for an offering unto the Lord and so here is the pattern that's established amen we're going to cleanse ourselves amen we're going to cleanse ourselves and we're going to give ourselves completely and wholly to the things of God I believe that God is looking for people to be clean within and 
without. Amen. Clean in our spirit, clean in our motives, clean in everything that we do. Amen. We need to be dedicated to the cause of the kingdom. Every single piece of furniture in this building and in most churches have been dedicated to the Lord. And that's a wonderful thing. The pulpit that I stand behind has been dedicated unto the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for that. We dedicated. It's not just another piece of furniture. This is not just wood and varnish and nails, but it is a desk, a sacred desk that has been dedicated to the Lord for the service of the Lord. But what good is this dedicated desk going to do if there's not a dedicated man to walk behind this desk? What good will dedicated pews be if there are not dedicated people to come and occupy those pews? It won't do any good to dedicate this building if we don't have a building filled with dedicated people to say, Lord, I'm gonna dedicate myself to preparing, to hearing from you. Amen. I wanna speak to you, Lord, but I wanna hear from you as well. Moses went to talk to the Lord, but heaven opened up. Amen. Heaven opened up. God did didn't just open his ears, but he opened his mouth and he spoke to Moses. Praise God. Amen. I, I want to be dedicated to the kingdom of God and for its cause. Amen. I want to be the same every day, everywhere. Amen. We're not just here putting on a show. We're not just here. This is not just something we're doing for a few hours of our life, but this is our life. Amen. My wife and I talked about this many, have talked about this many, many times through the years. And I don't want to just you to extract yourself from this illustration because I'm talking about ministry. Uh, We don't just do ministry. We are ministry. This is not just something we do on Sunday, something we do on Wednesday. This is not just something we do at a funeral or do at a wedding, but this is something we wake up every day with the call of God upon our lives to preach the gospel. Amen. We wake up and and we go to bed with that same call upon our lives. Don't extract yourself from this illustration if you not are not a pulpit minister. Can I tell you that God has called you to be what you are today? And you are that. That's not just something that you do. This is something that we are. We wake up that. We go to bed that. We are that in the still of the night. I want to be dedicated to the Lord. Amen. I believe that God has ordered our steps. David said that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. I am thankful for the power and the hand of God that is upon our life. I want to be dedicated to the call and to the cause of the kingdom and I want to hear his voice. And so I must open myself. I must open myself and allow him to speak his word to our heart. And so when we come into that place, we have to understand that we have walked into his house and we are not in our house. We've come to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord would speak to us. Amen. The the church, the church, and I pray, and I will say this as we begin to close, that I pray, as the Bible says in Numbers 9 and 14, I want to read this real quick. The Bible says, If the stranger shall sojourn among you, and, and will keep the Passover unto the Lord according to the ordinance of the Passover and according to the manner thereof, so shall he do. Ye shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. I'm shifting just a little bit. I've mentioned this passage of Scripture several times through the years, but he said we need to be able to let the stranger worship among us. 
Now, he said not the stranger doing their own thing. They got to worship, amen. They got to do according to the ordinance of the Passover, according to the manner thereof, because there's just going to be one ordinance. Amen. So here's what it is. I'm thankful for the house of God. I'm thankful for our time together this morning. I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed us the privilege not only to have the time, but I'm thankful that we have the place to worship today, especially in light of what's going on around us. But we have to understand that we would, it's my prayer at least, that we would never walk into this house and find everything just right. There should always be a stranger. Amen. What A hospital would not be a hospital if it was just full of well people. And what would a church be if everybody here was perfect? It would certainly probably not be the church. And so I hope every time we come together that the stranger can also feel that same welcome and that they can hear the voice of God as well. And they will be able to do that if we are preparing ourselves to hear. Amen. I pray many, many times that God would not just send conviction to the heart of a sinner, but let conviction never leave our home and never leave our heart. Because if the church is not convicted, we have no hope of sinners being convicted. Amen. And I pray that the Spirit of God would help us. And no matter who is on the pews of our church, no matter how much disarray they may have in their life, there is more hope if they are here than if they are home. So let's come to the house of God and let's pray to hear the voice of God. Amen. I want to make sure there's room in the house for people who want to worship the Lord. I want to make sure that we have convictions in our own heart, in our own lives, and that we hold true and hold fast. Now, I have watched a lot of things by way of observation and also by way of experience over the last several years. And I have watched as people come in and, and, and what they are looking for is something that they can connect their life to. And so that is why it is so important for you not to go where they are, but to, you, to stay where you are and lead them from where they are to where you are. Amen. Don't, I've used this illustration a hundred times. Every church ought to have a shallow end of the pool. Amen. We need a shallow end of the pool, but that's not for grown-up saints to be in the shallow end of the pool. Amen. We don't need to drift back. We need to stay where we are and lead others into the deeper water. We need a benchmark that we can lead others to. And so I beg you today to hold fast to the faith. Hold fast to the convictions. Hold fast to the personal things that God has placed in your life. Let's dedicate ourselves to the house of God, to the service of God, so that when we come into the presence of God, we don't just talk to Him, but we can hear from Him. Praise God. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. should never discount what God will use to speak to our heart. We should never discount that. In biblical illustrations, there are many different things that God used to speak His Word. And He knew exactly where we would be on this very day. And so He prepared ahead of time for something to be there. I read a little something on Facebook yesterday, shared it with my wife, never really 
Maybe you've seen it a hundred times. It was the first time I'd ever really seen this or read this. It said, long before Zacchaeus needed a tree to climb, to be able to see the Lord, the tree had been planted. Because God knew where he would be in time. The longitude, the latitude, God knew exactly where he would be, not only spiritually, but physically. And so he made sure that the tree was planted long before Zacchaeus ever knew it. So today, we're not marking time. Don't ever think that. On Wednesday, we're not marking time. What we're doing is planting a tree. We may be pushing a seed into the soil. We may see no good come of that ourselves. We may wonder what is going to happen from that. We may or may not even live to see the end results of that. But do you know there are people that planted some things that we're benefiting from today that are already gone to meet their reward. But I'm glad that they planted by faith. Amen. I don't know how many times through the years that people were discouraged and didn't know if they could come to this church that service but they press through and somehow days turn to weeks and weeks to months and months to years and years to decades and today we're harvesting fruit from seed we did not even plant because they just pushed through those difficult times and said but I need to hear from the Lord I need to hear from the Lord Amen. Let's magnify him together as we close our service in prayer. Let's ask God to touch us and strengthen us together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.